Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, innovation finally strikes with Bite Light. The green giant makes his augmented reality debut, and we have stories from Placecast, Clash, and Face Sales, plus a ton of acquisitions, a resource of the week from Ottawa-based Shopify, just in case you didn't know, and special guest Erica McClenney of Expion. Oh, yeah. And did I mention? This is episode number 100. Yeah. We're old. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, episode number one, recorded November 21st, 2010. Welcome to episode one of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. I'm Rob Woodbridge, and with me is Asif Khan, the president of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Asif, first episode, what can we say? Hey, Rob. Yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, glad to, uh, to be finally doing this. Um, just wanted to, uh, maybe we should just kick things off and uh, tell Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It is actually Sunday night, October 21st, 2012. This, my friends, is episode number 100 of this podcast. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, as it has been for the entire 100. I feel like we've just completed Centurions. With me, as always, Mr. Asif Khan. How are you, buddy? Oh, great. Yes, it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. We are 100. We got our shirts on today. Um, yeah, we're happy to celebrate. And uh, yeah, I can't believe we, we, we made it to 100 episodes. So here we are. The only thing that I have made to 100 is 100 shots of beer in Centurion when I was like 19 or 20. <laughs> Well, I, yeah. I I do not know many podcasts that make it to a hundred episodes, uh, especially weekly. So this isn't quite our second anniversary, which obviously happens at one hundred and four. Um, but this is a pretty monumental thing, you know. We've we've kind of turned the dial. It's the odometer's gone into three digits now. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And as you heard from the beginning there, that was the opening from our very first episode, where we're like, you know, timid. We were trying to figure out how to how this was going to go, and I remember having that conversation with you. See, we, we got to keep this under thirty minutes. We got. I think we we were we were angry that it was twenty three minutes long our first episode, and and uh, now like we we hit a we hit an hour every single time because there's just so much going on. Well, there's just so much to cover. I mean, the, the it's constantly moving. There's so much to cover. I think the only downside of being one hundred now, Rob, for me is it's one extra character in the Twitter uh, description. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just start over again. I think that, uh, you know, that it, it yeah, 100 is so significant. But I think what's even more significant for us over the last uh, two years is is the growth that we've seen in this industry, this staggering number of, of companies that have come and gone, the amount of money that's gone into these companies, the acquisitions. And obviously, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it's shown in the length of the shows. We can't get into a show now. We can't get out of one within within an hour. It's very difficult. I got to do some editing now with these because... We try to keep it in just around an hour, and I can see as the industry kind of balloons even more that it's going to be even harder to keep it into that one hour thing, which is frightening. Yeah. Which is frightening, but it's been a pretty cool ride. So that opening that you heard, uh, you know, it was a it was an early days. Uh, most ep uh, most podcasts don't make it past ten episodes, 
We've made it to 100 and going strong. And four more episodes from today, from this episode, will be our second anniversary, which will be pretty darn cool to uh, to see where we where we've come in two years. It's pretty amazing. I love it. But no time to sit back, is there? No, no, there is not. And uh, again, this is a jam show, like every week. Um, some really cool new stuff, though. We talk about the lack of innovation enough on this show, and. Here we have some some actual real innovation going on this week. So many, I like it. many new many new companies, that, and and you know this is uh, what we're we're going to start to see is the maturation of this industry. The the real cream of the crop of the companies that are innovating are going to start to rise. The the folks that are copying, that are duplicating, that aren't innovating will start to start to disappear. Especially for this show, we will not be covering those guys that are doing the same thing over and over and over again that everybody else seems to be doing. So. Uh, you know, Asif has, has collated, curated, collected some of the most amazing stories from across the globe, which is what we try to do each and every week. But again, he's brought in five stories. Great product interview with XPion. Um, Erica McClenney, who is who is on, uh, has been interviewed by you. We've got some great um, one funding story, three acquisitions. Some of the stuff we talked about a year ago about the big boys getting into the in, into the acquisitions, acquisition and location space. We've been waiting for them. They are starting to wake up like sleeping giants. And of course, our resource of the week, which comes from a local Ottawa company, which is where I am. Many of you don't know that, but Shopify is an Ottawa-based Canadian company, and uh, good friends with uh, with the folks who run that over there. Great little, great little success story in Ottawa. So, I mean, there's no rest. So we might as well just jump into it, Asif. Yeah. All right, our first story, which is which is one of these innovative stories that we've been talking about. This is, you know, uh, it's it's one thing to physically, forcefully hit a button to check in, right, in Foursquare or in in Facebook or any of the other check-in applications, Yelp. But it's another thing to be checked in automatically, which we started to see, and you know, the pre-check in, the pre-cog check in. Remember we talked about that early on. But now yes. we're talking about facial recognition automatic check-ins at locations this can get a little creepy or beneficial depending on what side of the uh, what side of that line you sit on yeah so this is called face deals uh, um, and it's a uh, project that's really still in the lab stages seeking funding uh, it's come out of a uh, an agency actually called red pepper uh, red pepperland uh, or red pepper actually is the agency the website's redpepperland.com. Uh, these guys are in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, yeah, they're doing some cool stuff. So basically what they're saying is uh, if you use Facebook Places and you check in on that, um, they built a little box using a camera and facial recognition technology, and as you walk up to a location that has one of these devices, it basically snaps you and recognizes you and checks you in. Um, so yeah, a bit creepy. I, th- I think there's, you know, there's, there's a certain level of creep around this, but you know what I like about it is this, and I was talking to a bunch of retailers about this over the last couple of weeks. Is you know one of the trends that has to happen is if we're going to continue with the check-in kind of stuff that you know that Foursquare and Gual and all these guys started. You know it really has to move away from the active check-in to a passive check-in uh, in order to accelerate you know the the use of it and, and kind of the growth of it. And by that I mean that you know with Foursquare and with Facebook places and with, with the current systems that we have out there, there's just too many steps. It's too cumbersome for the user. You know, you got to download the app, first of all, then you got to pick from a list of places that are around you and you got to say, hey, I'm at that one. Then you got to decide whether you want to share it with your friends and there's all these steps you got to go through. 
as opposed to you just walk in, it recognizes you and you're checked in as they're trying to do here or maybe with NFC where you just tap your phone and you're checked in. Um, but it has to certainly be more simpler than it is now. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to come down to dial tone again, just like location has now become dial tone. So if you're going to do that, uh, checking in, and it's also got to be cognizant of uh, privacy issues and, and making sure, I don't know how they do that, you, you know, if I'm not interested in being checked in. I wonder if there's going to be a backlash of companies that do this. And, you know, Amber MacArthur has talked about this company. I can't remember what they're called for the life of me. I was just searching for them. That uh, that do that, they, they actually at conferences and at bars they they yeah. scan you automatically. They you know they know that you're a male or a female. They scan your face and then they tell you the percentages of the of the males versus females in the bars um, or at conferences, those kind of things. And and you got to be cognizant of the privacy issues around this. Is that if I don't want my face scanned, what do I have to do? Do I have to put up like a you know a shield so that you don't scan my face? Or uh, it's it's a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, for for sure. Now, I mean, there's an app here that has to right. be, you know, connected to your Facebook account and you have to authorize it. So all this stuff is still opt-in at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, we can't just go be scanning everybody without, you know, them agreeing to. Well, it. you know, walk into your gym. There's a little camera there anyways, right? They're they're filming you already. So you know, I don't know that that we have a lot of uh, options here, uh, but at least it, you know, this has a has a big sign on it that basically says, you know, um you know, face deals, and it's on the side of the of the big camera, and so I'm sure that they'll warn you. But that's pretty cool. If you want more information, go to redpepperland.com, and it's their lead story, and it's uh, checking in with your face, <laughs> which is great. And that's uh, has a whole different yeah. connotation for Canadians who who enjoy hockey, right? It's because that um, certainly face plants are not are not something that you. That's not how you do this. You don't you don't smear yeah. your face up against the glass like in the hockey. And, no, no face deals. Second story. This is this is pretty cool. Uh, I have to admit, this is one of these stories that that when you sent, I was absolutely blown away. Saying thank God there is still innovation happening, even if this is a small logical, like literally a light bulb went off and somebody said, "Why why are we using light bulbs, man, for location?" This is cool. Bite light. For Mashable, I'm Adam Falk. Lost in an apartment store? Can't find that last item on your grocery list? A startup from Cambridge, Massachusetts says, just find the light. Specifically, one of its Bite Light LEDs, which aim to do much more than cut down on Macy's electric bill. The company, founded by two recent grads, uses LEDs as indoor positioning tools. Think of them as pins on an invisible indoor map. Here's how it works. You're at a museum, you're lost, but luckily that museum has replaced all of its bulbs with bite light LEDs. You take out your smart device, open the bite light app, it senses the LEDs and leads you to that painting you were searching for. Or even better, you're walking around a bite light enabled Best Buy with your app open, it senses your bio TV and then pushes you an unexpected 15% off. Currently MIT's technology review reports bite light is working on a functioning prototype. Founders Dan Ryan and Aaron Gannick say it will give accurate indoor positioning details within a meter. For comparison's sake, Google's recently announced indoor mapping service claims to be able to place your little blue pin within several meters. Bite light, yeah. No, I absolutely loved this when I came across this one. Um, this is coming out of a couple of guys at MIT in, in Boston came up with this thing. Um, and effectively, you know, we've talked a lot about in, indoor location. We've talked a lot about it being the next billion dollar industry. We cover a lot of companies in this space. But one of the challenges around indoor location is the costs around, you know, the hardware side of it, installing equipment, installing routers, installing, you know, uh, Bluetooth equipment or whatever it is. Um, and, and so 
while most of the solutions out there today are Wi-Fi or Bluetooth based, um, you know, and Shopkick uses ultrasound, the uh, you know there's still room for for new things. And so Bite Lights basically come up with a system to triangulate position inside of a building, inside of a store, using LEDs. And so with special LED light bulbs um, and using uh, an app on on a smartphone or a tablet that is leveraging the camera sensors on that device, it's basically reading. Uh, signals coming off of the, the the light bulbs themselves that are emitting. So it, it's really really cool. And obviously, there's a dual benefit here for stores that switch to these LEDs. There's you know savings in in electricity costs and things like that as well that come from it. So awesome awesome stuff. Yeah, it makes me wonder why this took so long. You know why the use of everyday items has taken so long for doing this and. And uh, you know, and how long it's going to be until we see some low power consumption chips in every single light bulb that do everything from, you know, I, I think back to the RFID craze, and you know, why didn't every mm -hmm. every uh, every light bulb have an RFID tag in it? Uh, you know, because then it would be a conduit to power, and you you could have them everywhere, right? It just it just seems like this is this is one of those no brainers that that uh, that leverage an existing technology that has power automatic power and uh, is uh, is everywhere is ubiquitous in a building seems seems logical yeah no, i mean it just makes a lot of sense you know and I, there's still a lot of room for growth here yeah. another story that i read and i'll just quickly mention it we'll cover it on another show in the future but uh, i read another story this week uh, just as an aside apple's been granted a couple of new patents surprise surprise um, and kind of explains a little bit about why there's no nfc potentially in in the iphone, uh, in the new iphone um, but they've filed and been granted um, a couple of patents around uh, an, an alternative to NFC, which uses magnetic fields. So they're using the compass in the smartphone now and basically generating a magnetic field off of the compass there and, and measuring the distance and proximity to the next smartphone and its compass. So it's like NFC device-to-device -device communications using magnetic fields. I mean, Apple, crazy. Come on, we'll talk about that more on another show. But there's still lots of innovation out there is what I'm getting at. And Bite Light's a good example of that. Yeah, and, and, and you know, on device and off device, yeah, we, we, we have just scraped the surface so far. We don't know what these devices are. And, and I always equate, you know, I think about a company like Sonic Mule, Smule, who does the ocarina and all the musical instrumentation on these devices, is, is that Guy Wang, who is the founder of that company, yeah, uh, came back. He came out to me and said, uh, basically, in one of the interviews I've done with him on on Tether TV, is that I said, well, you know, what was the inspiration? He said, well, you know, we, we saw all these input mechanisms on these devices, whether it was the microphone or the screen or whatever it was. Uh, he said we just wanted to use every single one of those to create instruments. And and I think that when you start to look at the capabilities of these devices today for location-based marketing, location awareness, you know, pushing people to locations, yeah. we've just started using them and you know who the compass come on like we, we've been using the compass since the very first iphone right anyway <laughs> it's it's a pretty amazing and, and this technology is only at the beginning and, and i love what i'm seeing here uh bite light b-y-t-e-l-i-g-h-t.com go check them out there's a great video there on on how it works but uh this is uh bite light who, who would have thought would have thought stop trying to invent the the perfect light bulb the new light bulb and and start inventing within the light bulb uh, for the location-based marketing world. Pretty cool. All right, so from lights to a big freaking green giant. Now, I'm of the age where I know when I say, ho, 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 
Green Giant, right? I'm I'm of that age. Uh, who, who? I'm, I'm right with you. Yeah, buddy. exactly. So you're you're in your mid twenties as well, then, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I've been reality. Yeah, Green Giant, General Mills uh, is at it again. Um, you know, this is one of those companies that's uh, continuing to try and make uh, their brands relevant with the new generation. And so this is a campaign where they felt that, uh, you know, if you were born between 1982 and the early 2000s, which we were, Green which we were, right? Never heard of the Green Giant. And, um, you know, we were born before 1982. Um, anyhow. No, he's no, lying. He's no. anyway, lying. So they they did this once before uh, in the UK, uh, General Mills UK, and so they uh, decided to roll it out in the US as well. So they took New York City's Grand Central Terminal and they set up this giant augmented reality uh, thing where you know kids could come up and you could high five with the Green Giant and get your photo taken, you know, doing this high five with an augmented reality Green Giant and have that posted to Facebook. So an interesting application, augmented reality technology, um, and you know, a great way I think to kind of bring the band, uh, bring the brand back to you know a new generation of, of kids and encourage them to eat vegetables. I mean, come on. You got this. You got this. I'm pulling up this uh, this uh, picture now. It's it's basically of this uh, giant uh, bending down, uh, high five, handing this woman a piece of broccoli. And for those of you who aren't watching the video or who are listening, and uh, it's in the middle of Grand Central Station, and people are watching. This is one of those freaky things. But but man, the Green Giant was iconic when we were growing up. And you're, you're right. Nobody really understands. You see him on the um, on the cans right now of all these uh, other vegetables, canned vegetables, but. Nobody really understands the Green Giant. Maybe they should go back to advertising. But I like this. This is one of those campy things that that you bring an icon back from the dead, the Green Giant. You breathe a little bit new of new life into him, and and uh, make people ask why. And the fact that we're talking about the Green Giant says it all, right? That that it's been a. I'm just I'm, w- I'm waiting for Hollywood to pick up on this now. I mean, they they brought all the superheroes back with all these movies. We need the Green Giant movie. The right? Green Giant movie. Come on. <laughs> if that happens, yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah. like the Oogie Loves. I, we took our kids to the Oogie Loves, <laughs> and it was the worst movie. Here's here's a movie reference. Here's a movie review. If you if you want to just just keep ninety minutes of your life, don't ever watch the Oogie Loves. Don't. And uh, the second thing would be don't ever watch a Green Giant movie. Not at all. But I, I like this campaign. Campy, fun, green giant, brand building, um, and one day only, right? There was just one day that this happened. One day only, yeah. 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 I like it. So do I. It's so exciting. This is like three innovative... St- we could stop right now, right? We got face deals, we got bite light, and we got the green giant. Ho, ho, ho. But, uh, and, and uh, we might take a step back here in innovation, but this is something that is, uh, you know, we're starting to see this, this happening all over the place, which is the, the, the deals being applied, this is our fourth story, the deals being applied at the time of purchase. And that's what Placecast has just announced that they're actually, uh, they've launched their card linked offers. Now this is, this is not unique, but it's a little bit unique because it's location based, isn't it? It is, yeah, and you know, absolutely. You know, I think you know, I'm a huge fan of of Placecast. I mean, I just love the simplicity of delivering location-based deals and content, you know, over uh, over carrier uh, networks, over you know, by an SMS type of model, uh, which is the way these guys work. White yeah. and they white label their platform. And it's geofencing. Uh, lots of carriers uh, using this, uh, you know, as a back-end uh, platform to kind of deliver content. And so what they brought here is card-linked um, shop alerts, effectively. 
And so by card link, they mean you can connect your credit cards um, you know, to these uh, offering uh, platforms that are being presented by the various carriers out there. Not that different in some respects than the partnership between Foursquare and Amex we talked about you know, before or Shopkick and Visa. Uh, the difference here is that this is carrier agnostic. Uh, you know, anybody running the, the platform um, on the back end, you know, you, and you can link any card um, to this. So it's kind of cool. Um, I really, really like it. Um, you know, and and, they, and like I said, they've got a lot of brands that have been using Shop Alerts. Um, you know, on the AT and T system. So Starbucks, L'Oreal, Kiehl's, Subway, Pizza Hut, Kmart. You know, there's a whole bunch of people on this system. So. It's cool. Yeah, it is, and this is this is one of those things that we're getting closer and closer to the point in time where where uh, discounts and deals will just be applied to credit card holders at the point of uh, point of transaction, right? So when when you go up and you pay for a good, you'll get your discount, and that's what this is, right? So that that's exactly what it is. The difference is that they're driving location, so it's it's location tagged, it's geofenced, and within that geofence is is the only time you'll notice that deal, and it'll it tries to bring you in. To the to the location, so I, I I appreciate the fact that it's doing that with Footfall, and it's based on the amount of money that you spend, how much of a discount that you get from that location. So uh, sure. I like the fact that it's driving Footfall, it's driving um, you know sales and increased sales, and this is a big metric. And I'm going to complain about it with our re during our resource of the week is that this is this is what we should be doing is we should be measuring the impact of mobile and location on net new sales, and I think that that's what Absolutely. that's what PlaceCast does. And I think the other key to, to draw out here in terms of value that a card-linked uh, system like this offers is, you know, it, it helps so solve or streamline some of the redemption issues with other uh, other systems, right? So, you know, w with a lot of the deal platforms out there, you get you know something on your phone, and then you got to have a you know a barcode scan or some point of sale breakdown or frontline right. staff haven't been trading properly when you walk up with your phone and say, hey, I'm supposed to get twenty percent off today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of that goes away because all you have to do is pay with your linked credit card or loyalty card, um, and it just comes off on your statement uh, after the fact. So you don't have to worry about showing your phone or doing anything. So, uh, Steve, I got to ask, and there are people out there that are asking, uh, that want me to ask this question, and I'm going to ask this question: Is that why aren't credit cards just doing this? Why do they need a, a company like PlaceCast? Why does why does American Express need um, uh, Foursquare? Why aren't they doing this just themselves? Well, I, I think I think it's a great question. I mean, and from my perspective, I would say that they are doing it to some extent. I mean, American Express has platforms yeah. like Serve, yeah. you know, and, and and lots of other good platforms out there for the merchants, right? But at the end of the day, this isn't just about the merchants. This is about you know connecting with the consumer and and the apps and systems that the consumers are embracing as well, right? So consumers are using Facebook Places and Foursquare and you know all these other platforms out there and and sort of you know signing on to these things because the deals are being presented right. there. Amex you know isn't out there pushing content or you know Mastercard or whatever in the same frame. Their you know their focus is you know keeping the merchant happy and and, and quite frankly competing against new payment platforms. You know they've got enough to deal with on that front than you know trying to go after and trying competing you know directly with a Foursquare or somebody like that when they can just partner with them and say link here they get the benefit anyways it's, it's you know if i if i'm paying with my credit card i'm still getting you know amex is benefiting from that transaction yeah it, i mean I, I can see that it's just it's an interesting thing is that you know it's the same reason that we think that massive consolidations can happen and carriers are going to own the data 
carriers are going to own the customers, credit card companies are going to own the data and the customers as well. And it makes me wonder what happens to a lot of these companies. They either get sucked up, they form a coalition or merge together and take on the credit card companies and the carriers. But, but ultimately, data is owned by whoever owns the customer. And tip, right yep. now, you know, the customer is, and the most stable customers, because we've seen this so many times, the companies... I'm not saying that place this is going to happen to Placecast, but so many companies, and we 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 actually look over them and watch them through our funding, um, you know, our funding segment. But these companies build up a massive following, a good number of following, and then they get acquired, and then they shut down, and there's no loyalty anymore. And credit card companies and carriers, for as much as we we loathe paying interest rates and we loathe our carriers for data charges, they have pretty much remained constant throughout this entire time, right? And, and when, you're, when you're talking about customer data, guess where it lies? It lies with those companies for a reason because they've been around the longest and I don't think they're going anywhere. For sure. So, but cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the card linked uh, functionality and uh, you know, I, th I think this is a good, uh, a good move for PlaceCat. All right, so uh, our fifth story, uh, I think this is just out of left field. This is a Spanish company called yes. Clash with a K. Okay, a C. This, this is like basically uh, truth or dare, forget the truth, all dares. What is this, man? I was going through it. <laughs> yeah, I was totally blown away with this. I mean, this is like, it, it's just so uh, freaky awesome um, is the best way I can describe it. So, yeah, coming out of Spain, uh, a couple of folks um, um, out of the uh, Esade Business School, I think I'm saying that right, uh, in Barcelona, um, and uh, they came up with this thing. And so it's like uh, location-based truth or dare, kind of foursquare uh, with with dares, uh, really. And so it's a, it's a social rewards thing, um, and you basically challenge people to complete tasks, and then those things get posted. Um, it, it's really cool, and then you can get rewards on it, and it's it, it's an iOS app only. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really, really interesting. It's so interesting. And so, by the way, it was it, they came up with it uh, in Spain, but the company is actually based in Berlin. Well, and, and the other thing is that uh, th this is a you, you know this is kind of um, they did extensive beta testing. They were talking about is the fact that they so not only is is it an app that challenges you to do things that you would not do, and there's some great examples on the website, and and certainly some great examples around the the web if you do a search for them. But they also leveraged that the, the way that they challenge people to do their marketing, right? So I've got some pictures here that are like, you know, the, the founder walking around in like a, a mankini uh, in the middle of the street because that was, a, that was a dare and they filmed it all. And, um, and now it's part of their marketing materials, right? It's just, it's so tongue in cheek, but it, it's exactly like, uh, um, it, 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 I don't know, they... They're eating their own dog food is the terms that I'm looking for. So they, they, they yeah. built an entire marketing platform around using these tools. So they dared you to do this. And there's this, this picture. I'll, I'll see if I can find it out. But there's this picture of a guy walking walking through Berlin in a in a mankini. And it's so terrible. <laughs> it's know, so terrible. It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, they, they, they talk about some of the challenges that are up there right now, like simple ones like do 30 push-ups in the morning in exchange for a compliment or, you know, another one that's a little more... You know, they say like you know, do a moonwalk through every crosswalk that you're walking through, um, you know, and and things like that. You know, and and the idea what they what they envision for the future is is that brands will pick up on this and throw out sponsored challenges um, in exchange for perks, right? So 
you know, which then can create viral videos that they can use on their Facebook pages and drive traffic and all that kind of stuff. I, I really think it's a cool idea. Um, so do I. No. Yeah, it's got a lot of potential, put it that way. Without, without a shadow of a doubt, and I found that picture, and, and it was up there for a second uh, while you were talking. Um, certainly, uh, I mean, it was just absolutely, I, I love it. It, it. This is something that, that you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's not taking itself too seriously, but this could, you know, when people always come to me, they say, hey, listen, Rob, hey, Rob, and you get this. I'm sure you get this, Asif, and those who are listening or watching, you get this as well, especially if you're in a company and they say, like, hey, um, we need to create a viral video, right? You get that a lot. I get that a lot. Hey, oh, how, yeah. how do you create a oh, viral video? That? I'm like, well, you create a video that's appealing to a lot of people, and then, hey, it goes viral. Okay, so how do we do that? I said, I just told you, right? You, you don't. <laughs> Maybe this is the first time that you can create a viral video because of a dare, right? The outcome of a dare. Who knows? But yeah. clash. Who knows? You know, and I was thinking about this. In some respects, you know, like not to put too much of a business uh, quash on this thing because it, like, it really is a lot of fun uh, what they've come up with here. But in some respects, it, it's it's like a, a a humorous version of something like Zarly, yeah. really. <laughs> right, I mean, it's about creating jobs for people to do and and paying them essentially by you know setting a reward in exchange for doing something funny, yep. um, you know, as opposed to something serious like you know cut my grass um, and I'll pay you. Um, but but it's the same premise in terms of how it works, right? Like the you know the the nuts and bolts behind the system are are very much the same. Well, this is this is, I always think about this. This is basically like a mobile version of Jackass, right? Yes. And it can like hopefully you know their their um, their legal work around this is just hey listen if you do anything it's not our responsibility you are a human being with a with an average sized brain you understand that if you do something that's deadly or that hurts you you can't come back and, and get angry with us right so I'm sure that the disclaimers are all over this place but I mean if you're interested in this just go to Clash App K L A S H App dot com or you can download this in the App Store and if you've done any of these things. Hey, videotape it, send it our way. We will put it up here for sure on this episode. <laughs> and the dumber the better. We always have a, a channel to broadcast. Yes, 100%. Any, any Clash app users out there, we'll do an entire show just of your silliness. Please. I'd love to do that. All right, that's Clash App, K-L-A-S-H-App.com, or just do a search for it in the App Store. It's only available on uh, iPhone right now. Oh, man. Face deals, Bite Light, Green Giant, ho, 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 Placecast doing card-linked offers and Clash. Come on. Where else are you going to find that kind of information in a succinct 30-minute package like that? Come on. Right here. Always right here. And that's what you have come to expect from this week in location-based marketing. That's the LBMA. Here we go. No. Ba -ba 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 stand. I don't want to stand up too soon because I'm. Yeah. Uh, I, I do right. want to bring up. Uh, we had a uh, every once in a while before we actually get to uh, Erica. I, uh, we uh, we love feedback, and every once in a while we get more than every once in a while, but we certainly get a quite a bit of it. And I wanted to pull up. You're not going to be able to really read this. Maybe you will. Um, and I'll and I I put it over uh, the Clash app if you want to do it. Basically, this is this is a an email from uh, Greg Elisara. Greg, if you're listening, man, we loved this email. I responded to you privately, but he said, "Hey, listen, hi Rob. Just a very quick message to let you know that I very recently came across your weekly podcast with Asif Khan and wanted to say how much I enjoyed it. I am working through some of the earlier podcasts, and there are now 99 other ones from this one. Uh, 
keep up uh keep up the great work by the way i am working on a new location service startup uh, that i'd love to share with you and a safe when it comes out of stealth thanks and regards greg greg you have now an open slot on this show when you are ready when you are out of stealth i've i've said this i forwarded it off to a you are welcome on our show we love indeed we love it so greg greg elisera thank you for your feedback anybody else out there please bring it we will read it here and if you get um if you want to even do an audio or video thank you or a review of something send it uh just post a link you know, uh, upload where it w upload the audio or the video to wherever you upload audio and video, probably YouTube, and uh, send us a link and we'll play it as long as it's profane free. I'm the only one that's allowed to swear on the show and uh, nudity free because I'm the only one that's allowed to get naked on the show. But but we did figure, Rob. We did figure. Now that we're a hundred, yeah. we can show a little chest. Exactly. Right. So it's right, a little V-neck yeah. action for those of you who are uh, listening. You don't get to see that. <laughs> and you know what? Quite quite thankfully, you don't get to see that. All right, so uh, Greg, thank you, man. Thank you very much. You made our 100th episode even better. We much appreciate your feedback. So you, Asif, got a chance to sit down with uh, Erica McClenny uh, from X Xbeon um, earlier this week to have a great little interview. And uh, so why don't you, do you want to give a, an overview of Xbeon or do you want to just let Erica talk about it? I'll let Erica say it. I mean, I don't think any, I could say it any better. I mean, just a fantastic company that uh, come across in the last uh, few months uh, that is playing in the sort of social CRM analytics uh, measurement and response space uh, for a lot of great brands. And here it is with uh, Erica McClay. Well, it's that time uh, of the week again on, on the show where we get to bring on our special guests. And this week we have one of the newest LBMA members with us. Erica McClenny, v VP of Client Services for Xpion. Erica, welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's always great when we get the uh, the, the, the new blood, the, the new members uh, on, on the show and, and get to hear a little bit about some of the interesting things that you're doing. So as we always do, why don't we start off by tell, tell our audience a little bit about who is Xpion? What are you guys all about? So we do quite a bit of things. So first and foremost, we are a social software company. And our main core focus is helping brands, helping multi-location corporations bring all of their data through social media channels into one place. And we allow them to do all the usual, the publishing, the governing, the mo moderation, uh, the analytics. Everything's in one place. So it sounds a lot. There's a lot of companies out there that are similar to us. But our differentiator is uh, that we help multi-location extend down to the local level. So as an example, we've got clients like Applebee's, like Home Depot, like AMC movie mm -hmm. theaters that have hundreds if not thousands of Facebook pages for all of their footprints. And then they also have local employees that are speaking on behalf of those locations with our tool as the governance to watch over what they're saying and of course make the executives happy. Fantastic. And, and you do work with a lot, of, uh, a lot of big names, a lot of big brands uh, out, out there. You know, one of the challenges that we see in the industry is, is you know, as as brands, you know, engage with more tools from a social and a location perspective, you know, sort of, you know, scaling that up and being able to monitor and listen to all the discussion that's going on in, in the social universe around what's happening with your brands. And, and if you're a company that has multiple brands, you know, how, how do you pull all that together? How can Xpion help or maybe give us an example of a client you've worked with uh, on how that's worked? 
Yeah, so I, I mean, there isn't a tool that's a one size fits all. And I think the change in the marketplace is the brands are getting smarter. These, these huge conglomerates that own all of these different products and brands. Right now, a lot of the agencies have all of those segmented based upon the tools that the agency wants to use. So as an example, um, Kraft Foods was looking to say all of our, our products, are, we love our agencies, we don't want to change that, but we would like our data in one place so we can start to do some cross-analysis and then we'll grant the agencies of record whatever access they need to and every workflow is different for every product and team. So by bringing all of those types of things together into one database and then giving access out it really empowers that company to be able to, to dive in deeper, to integrate other sales um, data and be able to use that to ex extract stories and find out more about the consumer insights instead of having it scattered everywhere. So it's been really empowering um, for those types of companies to uh, bring it all to one place and then they can. They can integrate web listening, they can integrate um, any other social channels that are expanding and not have to go out and find the latest and greatest. Um, another tool to solve those problems if it's all in one place. Fantastic. I mean, and that's great, especially for, for a brand like Kraft where you've got, or for a company like Kraft, I should say, where you have so many, uh, you know, sub-brands and, and different, you know, food products and, you know, confectionery and all kinds of things going on, uh, you know, under underneath a, a single uh, entity. So that's that's fantastic. Bring it down for me, if you will, though, to, you know, let's talk about, you know, we are obviously the Location-Based Marketing Association. Um, you know, what does this mean for organizations like franchises that have multiple locations spread out across you know a country or you know even even multinational um, you know how do you how do you factor in location-based uh, platforms like Foursquare and things like that yeah so I think first and foremost for our customers this is kind of the other side of the coin of what we do um, you know we focus on multi anything so with multi-location it gets more complex because you don't necessarily have a professional agency that's managing like you would for a brand or a product and you're really looking to empower your local employees and first and foremost the audiences that we see in the highest engagement starts with Facebook so making sure that these companies like the Applebee's of the world has 1500 Facebook pages right. one for almost every restaurant they also have a huge brand presence but they have different activities in different neighborhoods all across the country. You add in global situations to that with other types of brands, it gets even more complex. And then you put the franchise layer on top of that. All the different franchises that own Applebee's, there's over 40 companies that own those 1,500 locations. It's a gigantic mess. But starting with Facebook is um, probably the key that we push people towards because the employees can um, be governed and empowered through our system they don't have access on native and it also gives them the ability to cross train and to use an infrastructure to reach those local employees that sometimes is not in place so communications is a really big challenge and then you add on top of that you want to get into location based with check-ins or you want to be as real-time as possible if you start to think about Foursquare coming into play as my uh, Salesforce is kicking me out here right in the middle of our interview, that's good stuff. Um, but keeping all of those things and the communications is the biggest challenge that we find with anything that's location based because you have to get your workforce that is greeting your customers through the front door to understand what those programs are. Right. So we we don't necessarily um, advocate that everybody should do everything location based, but I think it all starts with the footprint of your store 
And by having social as piece number one and then piece number two being able to communicate with those employees, that's a major challenge and a win for a lot of companies. And then they can extend out into looking maybe for where it is an opportunity for them. Maybe it's just they want to aggregate check-ins through, through Facebook. Maybe they want to sure. look for the ability to spin up an offer only at one store but not another. So it's, it's a lot of things that, that feed into what does location really mean with social and with uh, marketing. And I think the biggest piece is that if you have the communication tool to reach, regardless of your business structure, then you'll be successful with whatever you want to execute. Fantastic. I mean, it's, I mean there's so much uh, power in, in, in your platform uh, in terms of tool sets and you know, kind of putting it all in one place for people. But, you know, just, just to wrap things up, I mean, tell us just, just if you can really quickly, um, you know, what's next for XPON? Where are you guys going? Where, where's the industry going? You know, what, what should we be looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I think the industry is headed in the direction that, you know, social tools are becoming a commodity. If you're just looking for a tool to publish and then be able to moderate, there's a lot of tools that do that. They all do it slightly differently. They might have one channel and not another. Um, that's, I think, becoming less, more, more of a table stake that you have to have that even to be in a consideration set. We feel that the market is going more towards a digital, all-encompassing dashboard. So the ability to bring in sales data. And the hard part is when you deal with social data is you, you have terms of use of all these channels. We can't pass Facebook information into somebody else's database. We have to look for ways to bring in those streams of information and then overlay it with the social data so that we're not being cut off as a Facebook PMD. We really we kind of value that relationship. We value being a Google Plus partner. We value being um, in conversations with Twitter on a regular basis. We don't, we don't want to tick off those tools that, that have made us what we are today. Uh, but I think the shift in bringing in more data sources and then however you need to represent that data is going to be if it's the CMO wants to see a pretty chart or if it's the agency of record needs a more streamlined way that they can run their monthly reports on the Facebook, the Twitter, the, the Google Plus analytics, and then they can also talk about whatever their next month's plans are. I think streamlining workflow, but then also presenting lots of different data points um, overlaid with social is really where it's headed. So it's, it's sort of becoming that um, full integration of a platform and not just a solution to solve one problem. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds awesome. Uh, looking forward to uh, digital dashboard uh, futures for all of us. Um, and again, for, for our listening audience, uh, we've had the pleasure today uh, to have Erica McClenney, Vice President of Client Services for XPON. Erica, thank you for uh, sharing with us on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Yeah, great. And if you need us, you can find me on Twitter, and you can always check out XPON.com, too. Thanks. Thank you. All right, so that was Erica McClenney. Uh, again, we thank uh, Erica for, for sharing with us and helping us understand a little bit more about a fantastic business. And, uh, you know, we're really proud to have companies like that uh, involved in the LVMA. And if you're out there and you're listening, you're watching, and, and you want to do uh, a feature on that, uh, you know, we, we welcome that kind of stuff, as Rob has said already. So uh, reach out to us, let us know. And uh, we'd love to have you in the association. We'd love to have you on the show. 100%. So, Erica, thank you for your time. We love the fact that people are donating their time. And you know what? We get a, we get a, a, a lot more knowledge out of that. And it's always good to have a third party, aside from Asif and I, on the show talking about this space. Shows you the depth, diversity of the location-based marketing world. So, that was Erica McClenney from Expion. Erica, thanks. All right.
I alluded to it at the very beginning, just around big companies. Uh, see if you talked about this, I think it was last December of 2011, maybe November of 2011, just about a year ago, around the fact that, listen, these sleeping giants, the Telnavs, the Esri's of the world, if you will, the location kings, the guys that have been around since the late 60s, 70s in this space that have been collecting so much data that we just don't even know about right now. We always ask, when are they going to wake up? When are they going to wake up? And I think 2012 was the year that they started to emerge from this slumber of, you know, a lack of innovation, I would say, and a lack of, and basically being laggards in the mobile space. And we got two stories in, in, our, in the funding and acquisition space around these guys buying smaller companies. So we'll start with, with Telnav buying uh, Eli Portnoy's uh, company, Think Near, which I, I've, I've interviewed Eli twice on Untether.tv about his companies and this was this was a great deal i love this i liked eli a lot when i sat down with him and i love the fact that uh he's padding his pocket with this yeah this this is a great deal i mean so 22.5 million bucks um for think near uh think there was one of the uh, new york tech stars uh, graduates and uh they started so they started in new york and they ended up moving to la uh at some point and um kind of moving on from there and and now uh you know, now they're part of telnav and and this is this is great because telnav is uh you know one of the uh, one of the big guys one of the old dogs so to speak gps turn by turn directions all that kind of stuff and um now they'll have the ability to target ads uh which comes from the think near side of things down to very small distances, 100 meters um, uh, kind of targeting, and, and this is fantastic because, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, these big guys, these, these uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, the, the generation one for me of, uh, of location and navigation and, you know, the, the Garmin's and the TomToms and all these guys, and Telnav's certainly in that group, and, you know, they have to find new ways to make money, they have to reinvent their business models, they have to partner, they have to license and they have to buy, and and this is a good one, um, you know, to kind of help them have hyper-local uh, targeted ads, contextual ads, connected to their turn-by-turn -turn navigation system. Yeah, this is a match made in heaven, and uh, $22.5 million, as you said, Techstars, first of all, Techstars New York's only exit so far, as far as an incubator, and the largest exit for any Techstars company ever. So, Eli, congratulations on that. And I think that Telnav made the right choice here for driving uh, footfall, driving traffic. This is, I mean, it's great. Uh, and it's great all around. And Eli, I couldn't be happier for you and uh, enjoy your spoils. And they only raised like $1.5, $1.7 million. Um, so that's a good return for their investors, 20 times yeah. or 18 times their investment. Yeah. Eli, good on you, buddy. Good on you. So that's uh, Telnav acquiring Think Near. And we'll get... Uh, Eli on when he's allowed to talk about it onto another episode of Untether.tv to talk about this whole process that he went through and, and why Telnav, but it was very clear that it's a match made in heaven. So on from Telnav to Esri. Man, I love this. Picked up a company, Geoloki. Geoloki. Yeah, this is a great company. Um, you know, been at it for a little while. Uh, Amber, uh, Amber Case uh, runs this company and, uh, you know, she she's been a big uh, a big uh, proponent on the speaking circuit. You know, talking about the power of location and what you can do with it. And so, you know, Esri's a, you know again a huge huge player in this space. Probably one of the biggest uh, you know mapping uh, location intelligence players out there. And um, you know, 
this system, this GeoLoki system, will give them. It's a back-end system. It's it's designed for developers. Um, you know, kind of real-time location geocoding kind of uh, platform that Esri can now you know layer on top of their mapping products, layer on top of some of their other stuff. Uh, Esri has a thing called uh, ArcGIS, uh, which is their main uh, software platform that a lot of government services organizations use, healthcare uh, organizations have been using. So, you know, with the real-time addition, which is what they were missing, uh, now they have the ability to kind of, you know, go to some of these existing clients, these large, you know, huge, huge clients, uh, and, and give them the ability to kind of add, you know, real-time location targeting uh, on top of some of the services they're already using. So they, one of the examples that they gave was, uh, you know, with some of the healthcare clients, for example, you could build, um, you know, a system where it might remind, you know, customers to take their medication, you know, or fill prescriptions or things like that um, that might be, you know, being pushed out by a, you know, a government healthcare plan, um, you know, type of service that they were already subscribed to. The interesting thing I liked about this is, is when uh, there was an interview that Street Fight did with Amber uh, after this acquisition, and she said um, she was quoted as saying that she thinks of it like this: Esri is really good at supplying the nouns and adjectives, the people, places, and things, and all the descriptions, and we're supplying the verbs. Nice. How elegant! <laughs> that is so elegant. I thought it was great. Wow. I thought it was great. So well said, Amber. Well, that's a that's a big acquisition. No numbers have been given, and uh, and certainly I know there's a lot of concern around there because a lot of people use the, the GeoLoki API for uh, insertion into their applications and that data, and they said that that service will be uninterrupted. It will continue down that path. Uh, GeoLoki raised about three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and and uh, as I said, that nobody knows how much Esri paid for it, but it's a valuable piece to their future. So congratulations to those guys as well. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, shifting gears here a little bit uh, uh, to a, to our one funding story, uh, and then we'll get right back to uh, to an acquisition. We did say, Asif actually did say that 2012 was going to be the year of consolidation and acquisition, and, and certainly over the last year we've seen that quite, quite, quite substantially. But here is a company called TalkBits that has raised a couple of million dollars. And uh, this is this is an interesting one because of our love of, uh, you know, leaving location-based messages and uh, and communicating based on location. And this is one of those companies. Yeah, so this is a pretty new company, actually. Um, so it's called TalkBits. Uh, they raised $2 million uh, coming from uh, Runa Capital, which is actually a Russian uh, venture capital uh, company. Um, the app is Android and iOS. Uh, it's just being launched uh, this, this past week at the Dublin Web Summit. Uh, it's a closed uh, uh, alpha, so they only have 150 people so far are testing this thing, according to what, what I read. But they're going to roll this out city by city. Uh, they're starting in London and, and Moscow, uh, and then kind of rolling it out uh, in a few other cities from there. But uh, Really cool. This is voice messages connected to location. Um, you know, there's a few platforms like that that we've seen before, but as opposed to it being historical voice messages on a pl platform, say like Broadcaster, uh, you know, these are more sort of real time and 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 tagged, right, as well. So, yeah, two million bucks. You know, nothing to nothing to uh, to complain about. And, and I think that um, yeah, the apps are just coming out now. So hopefully by the time you've listened or watched this, uh, they would, they would have been out if that's of interest to you. And, and, you know, it, it's an interesting take. This is a little bit of broadcaster, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, WhatsApp 
kind of combination here, yes. right? Yeah. And I think it's 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 a neat thing. You know, I I haven't found a lot of use for these uh, tools that kind of circumvent SMS because I I'm on iOS or I was on BlackBerry before, so we had BBM and now we have iMessage and and I, I don't really have a, a an urge to leave um, audio messages for anybody. So I, maybe I'm not the demographic for this, but this is you know the the more I I, I love the idea of tagging geographically tagging uh, spots and thoughts at spots and. You know, I, I start to think about my my legacy, not not in a grand scheme of things, but my legacy to my children, and they're going to have obviously a hundred episodes plus of uh, this week in location-based marketing to come back and and realize who I was, um, and all of the podcasts and episodes of Untether that I've done. But you know, I'd love to say that you know this is this is a walk through my life, and I love these ideas of of location-based broadcasting my own my own existence, and it's a selfish thing, but it isn't when you start to think about you know, leaving that legacy for your children to really understand and their children, who their grandfather was and who their sure. father was. So I, sure. I love that I kind mean, of stuff. Here's an interesting thought. I mean, um, you know, at one point when I had more time, you know, I, I got uh, I got into, uh, you know, doing a bit of genealogy uh, kind of stuff on the family. And, um, you know, if you think about a platform like this, you know, with forethought, um, you know, it could be quite interesting yeah. if, say, you know, family tree maker guys or you know, you know, some of these other softwares from that world were to partner with guys like this. Uh, could could be a really interesting uh, uh, relationship. Anyhow. Yeah, I, and, and it is true. Like, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm 26, so I'm thinking about no, I'm 42, so I'm thinking about that stuff now, right? As as uh, yeah. everything around me ages, and and uh, this coming Tuesday is my uh, are my boy's sixth birthday, so you start to think about these things and. And uh, your legacy has to be a little bit more than uh, you know your Springsteen collection and, and you know a couple of yeah. so uh, yeah, I, yeah I like this I like TalkBits and if you're interested in it, go to TalkBits.com exactly as it sounds they've raised two million dollars and their apps are are to be launched uh, as you know imminently I think their launch is really cool. All right, um, enough of the mushy stuff, shall we? It's episode 100. I get a little emotional, you know. Uh, but uh, our fourth episode, our fourth, our fourth story actually for funding is a another acquisition that uh, it seems like if you have the name Tag in it, this company wants to pick you up. Tagged acquires Urban Tag, which is interesting. Yeah, so I mean, Urban Tag is one of those companies. Uh, you know, it's a mobile app that uh, you kind of find stuff around you. It's a social discovery app, I guess is, is the category you can put it in. Um, you know, uh, find information about local venues around you. Uh, you can bookmark them. You can kind of, you know, kind of get recommendations on them. It, it, it's, a, it's a social discovery tool. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. Um, they've got 150,000 posts uh, on the system, 90,000 different places, 123 countries that they've covered, according to one article. Uh, in terms of data that's in the system, uh, picked up by Urban Tag. I didn't see a price point on this one. I don't know if you did, um, but Urban Tag is uh, has been going around buying companies like crazy. Like these guys are consolidating the market uh, like you wouldn't believe. Or sorry, Tag, I should say, is buying companies uh, like Urban Tag. Uh, this is the fifth acquisition that they've made uh, uh, in the last little while. They bought um, High Five, Digsby, Topic Marks. And we game all in the last year. Um, so tagged overall has 300 million members worldwide. Apparently, um, they've raised 15 million bucks from Lighthouse Capital and Comerica Bank. 
uh, in the last little while. So they've raised, I think, something like almost 24 million. So they're using some of that, some of that money to buy buy some pretty interesting companies. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy when you come to think about it, right? When 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 you start to think about the fact that they they've raised 20 million dollars, but it's obviously just a it's a roll up play uh, that they've done. And Urban Tag seems yeah. like a pretty cool company. Yeah. Now the high five that that I alluded to is that the same high five that way back when was one of the early competitors to Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Oh, well, let me. I, I can check that quickly as as it, we roll it through. It must be because I mean I don't know how else you get to three hundred million members. Well, and, and that's worldwide. yeah. I mean the companies that they've that they've acquired around like um, Digsby and Topic Marks and WeGame, they're not huge, right? But uh, let me just pull but, up the high five. The high five was pretty big in outside of North America, if I recall. Yeah, it's uh, this is it is the company. Uh, yeah, uh, high five is um, is the Facebook competitor. Yeah, okay. I use that in quotes. Yeah. That's three hundred million, because that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> it's about as many people as listen to this podcast every single week. Three hundred million, and we're not. Uh, you know, we haven't gone over the deep end. Yeah, and they bought. Uh, they bought high five. They bought high five or I. What is it? Yeah, high five for. Oh, I don't even know if I've got numbers on this either. But they've spent a lot of money. They they raised twenty eight million dollars. Tagged did. Um, but I don't see any. I don't see a price on that either. And that was from way back uh, last December. They bought high high five. So nice, good catch, Asif. So tagged okay, acquires Urban Tag. So that's it. Telnav in the acquisition game with Thinknear, Esri, uh, GeoLoki, uh, Talkbits raises two million dollars, and tagged acquires Urban Tag. Maybe it's in the name. I think that the uh, the domain name one, right. one tag too many. I exactly think. one tag too many tag team. No, it's terrible. It's like it's like those you know when when the little babies now and you get those blankets and they got tags all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen those? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Tag, 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 yeah. and tagged. So that's it. So th this is these are awesome stories, right? And uh, and we're gonna finish it off with our a resource of the week, and this time, as I said, it's from an Ottawa-based company. This company has. 35,000 shops, 35,000 shops. It's an e-commerce platform, web-based e-commerce platform. I know uh, the, the CEO, uh, Toby Lutke, Tobias Lutke, and uh, the chief platform officer, uh, Harley Finkelstein, very, very well. These are local Ottawa guys that support this community uh, at, at a great, great, great clip. Um, and uh, I was, I, in fact, I was at the Springsteen show in Ottawa on Friday night, just this past Friday night. And uh, and uh, was uh, was was there uh, waving at Harley Finkelstein as well. He's in his nice little box up there. But these guys, a uh, huge economic driver for the city of Ottawa, 140 employees, 35,000 stores. They just finished doing, uh, they just crossed the $1 billion in transactions through their stores. And they also just released this infographic, which is our resource of the week, the rise of mobile commerce. What was surprising about this? Anything significant about this, Asif? You know, it, it's um, first of all, I pulled this out because uh, you know, mobile commerce. Everyone's talking about commerce right now. You know, holiday season's upon us. I've been, you know, I've, I've spent the last three weeks talking to retailers, and everybody's busy right now, getting ready for the holidays. Obviously, it's the, it's the biggest, busiest time of the year in the retail business uh, in terms of planning uh, and, and just getting set. And everybody's predicting that this Christmas is going to be the biggest ever in terms of mobile shopping, mobile commerce. Um, so this, this is a study, 35,000 Shopify stores. Um, they figure that one in four purchases this Christmas will be on a mobile device. 
Um, you and I were talking before this, uh, you know, before we started the show today, you know, about uh, credit cards. So I'll let you comment on that. Um, but um, you know, I think that's significant. You know, if 25% of purchases that are going to happen this Christmas are going to happen on a mobile device, I think that's a big number. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a. Uh, it, it's and, and by the way, sorry, just before yeah. you, you comment, they're saying next Christmas they they expect it'll be 43%. Yeah. So. These are big numbers. They are, and and uh, you know how I feel about predicting a year in advance, let alone a day in advance in this industry. It's very difficult um, because you're you're doing it on a trajectory that um, is uh, acceptable today, but you don't know what's going to happen in the next six to nine months, and we don't know what's going to happen on Tuesday when Apple releases, you know, launches an iPad Mini. What does that have to do? What's the impact of these kind of things on on this these numbers? And and you know, there's technology that's being invented every month or every six months, and and we don't know what ISIS is going to do, and we don't know what Square is going to do, and we don't know what PayPal is going to do, and we don't know what Amazon is going to do. So it's too far. 12 months is too great a distance. We know it's going to be big, but we don't know how big it is. And so I have a problem with that. But the big thing that that, that uh, nobody's focusing on, at least I haven't seen, and if anybody out there has seen, please let us know, is the, the true, the net impact of mobile. And I'm not talking about transactions on a mobile device because a credit card is mobile. Cash is mobile. Your bank card is mobile. Coupons are mobile. Traveler's checks are mobile, right? These are all mobile. Um, and if we're just replacing that kind of payment with a mobile device because it just has access to our credit card cash and, and everything else through the mobile device, I don't give a shit. That is not what mobile is good at. It's, it's no more convenient to pay with a mobile device than it is with cash or credit card. What I'm really interested in finding out is the net impact. Did How did companies use mobile to drive growth in revenue, not just moving it from cash onto the mobile device? So when I hear this, is like, you know what? 100% of transactions today are mobile because you're either paying with your credit card or you're paying with cash or your debit card. I completely agree with that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about net you know, net change, right? You know, did I drive additional, you know, sales because of mobile? Right. That, that's right? it. You know, did I increase footfall and traffic to the store because of mobile? Yep. You know, like all, those are the questions that we need to be looking at. Not, you know, I'm not saying that the data, the data that they're presenting. It's good data. I mean, I like the Shopify guys too. It's great data. Yep. But, you know, we, we need to be asking different questions, I think, as well, in addition to these ones. But we need, you know, the focus has to be you know, about monetization of these platforms, yeah. not, you know, can I move the dollars from one platform to another? Yeah, we see this all over the time. Like we see this in the, in the uh, you know, in the newspaper industry is that, uh, you know, they've had many years to adjust to what's going on in mobile and digital. And, and what have they done? All they've done is taking these statistics, right, is that they've taken all of their print dollars and converted yeah. them into uh, digital dollars. And the digital dollars, well, in a business sense are worth, you know, infinity times the number of uh, dollars that you you would get from from print the reality is that they're worth one-seventh of that in terms of real revenue so they're at this mode right where where they're not driving new revenue it's the same thing here is that if you're not driving new re revenue you go out of business don't just transfer it use these yeah. platforms to move real dollars new dollars into your business so start here where you already are you're already collecting that and use mobile to move that up drive more revenue and that's I'm looking for those numbers I know we're all looking for those numbers so if anybody out there let's let's bring those numbers to light so that we can actually shine shine our 
audience, you know, shine it on our audience and make sure that we can actually have these numbers. So if you know, if you know of them, yep. untether at gmail.com or seif at the lbma.com. But I, I mean, Shopify has to do this. This is their business. And, and these are great numbers. And it's and it's pointing all things up. And they made a great acquisition in Select Start Studios to help them drive their mobile play. And uh, I love what they're doing. And uh, But I just need some reporting, some meat, new revenue. GDP kind of stuff. There you go. Well, and, and perhaps this is a discussion that will happen later this week. So if I can make a quick plug, yep. uh, you know, the LVMA has a lot of events coming up over the next uh, few months, uh, the next of which is only three days away. So on Wednesday, uh, the 24th of October, on Wednesday, uh, our Montreal chapter is hosting their next event, and it's called 60 Days to Christmas, a Solo Mobile Survival Guide. And so they'll be talking about all these issues around retail and the holidays and mobile and analytics and local search and how all these things are coming together. So uh, a good event put together there by the local chapter. There's still a couple of tickets left, I think, um, for that uh, if you haven't had a ticket yet. So if you're in Montreal, I encourage you to go out. Uh, the information's on the, the LBMA.com under the events section. Uh, but some, some, really, uh, some really good stuff. Sebastian Provencher. Uh, is one of the speakers. He's a uh, well-known guy in the Montreal uh, social media world and uh, and local local search world. Um, a guy named Charles David Racine. Um, he's a big search engine optimization guy. Um, he uh, he was involved with uh, Le Devoir, the newspaper there, and a few other things. Um, there's a guy named uh, Brian Rothstein, uh, who's also going to be on uh, on a panel there. Uh, big, uh, he's he's a big player in the sort of uh, design, internet marketing. Worked with a number of big brands, um, Mailprints, uh, Nuvicor, uh, and a few others uh, in Montreal. So, so some pretty uh, some pretty uh, big big names there. Kareem uh, Jaraj as well. Uh, he helped launch uh, Mobilize Me uh, back in 2009. So you know, so, so some big guys involved with this. So there you go. And uh, did we mention that it's a free? Is it free? It's free. It's free. It's a free event, yeah. So October the 24th, Montreal. Information's on the site. A couple of tickets left. Not a lot. There's a few tickets there, so get your ticket now. Free. My God. Free. Like, I've run events. Free doesn't make any money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, brought to you by our, our Montreal chapter sponsor, Sweet Ike. Nice. That's what makes it That's free. how it becomes free. Um, and you're going. You're going to be at the uh, Street Fight Summit in uh, New York City at the end of the month as well. I will be there. Yes. And uh, you know, there's so much going on now. It's it's peak season for all this kind of stuff. Um, anything else that you need to push through this? You know that that's kind of the you know the quick ones that are uh, that are happening. I would say that you know Montreal Street Fight Summit. Um, you know, and then immediately following that, I'll be talking about more about this next week. Uh, our official uh, LVMA launch in Asia in Singapore on the fifth uh, of November. Uh, that's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, we got a lot of support for it, and uh, so if you're in the Asian market, you're listening to this show, you can get to Singapore for November the fifth. I want you there. Nice, nice. Meet Asif. New York at the uh, Street Fight Summit or Singapore. You decide. You got two major, major cities. You just pick one and then walk up to a seat and say, hey, I listened to this week in location based marketing. All right, uh, that is it. Uh, you know, 100 episodes done. in the bag. We can officially say we are a centurion. Uh, a personal note to those folks that are just finding us or have been with us for most of these episodes or all of these episodes. 
Uh, I know that it is a an arduous task to sit and listen to a Sif and I for one hour once a week. And I it is not lost on us the amount of time that you spend with us. Thousands of hours have been consumed listening to this these podcasts. But I can't thank you enough, and I know Asif can't thank you enough for doing that, for making the effort. This is for the betterment of your business. We are trying to bring you stories that drive awareness to this industry that actually will help you. And if it's not helping you, stop listening. If it's helping you, reach out and let us know. It has been an absolute pleasure doing this for on, on your behalf out there who are listening or watching this to bring you these stories, to go into a little bit more in-depth detail about these stories every single week. But it's been my ultimate pleasure for two years, for 100 episodes, to get to know Asif during this period of time. It is an absolute absolute honor to be able to do this with a guy of this magnitude of knowledge in this space and i learn every single every single week so to you guys out there thank you and a safe man to you can't thank you enough this has been a hundred episodes of pure absolute learning and uh, i really appreciate the fact that uh, you know we can do this yeah no and I, and I feel the same rob i mean i couldn't ask for a better partner to pull this thing off with um you know you, you just bring so much uh, reality to it uh, i get i get so excited about these stories pulling them together every week and uh it, it's really nice to have somebody to kind of bounce them off of and kind of go back and forth and uh you know the beauty of this show and we hear it over and over again and i really really thank our audience for for 100 episodes uh and you know 100 more to come uh is that uh you know i hear over and over again that uh, they love that you know between you and i we just tell it like we see it, you know, we're not trying to fluff it up, we're not trying to, you know, just kind of, you know, cater to somebody out there, but, you know, we're, you know, we find stuff uh, on a global scale uh, that we think is interesting, and we try to make it valuable, and we try to, uh, you know, just add a little bit of knowledge to your uh, to your weekly life, and so, uh, thanks everybody for listening and watching, and thanks to you, Rob, and, uh, you know, a hundred more. No kidding, but definitely, we'll be back next week. For episode 101, man. 101. Thank you guys for watching. Asif, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we will see you guys all next week. Another episode. This week in location-based marketing. Done. Big one. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boom.